Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. So last Sunday, my family and I were driving back from vacation. And I was on the stretch of highway between Richmond and D.C. And I was in my wife's car. It's a Sunday morning. There's not a lot of traffic on the road. And I thought, this is a great time to make up some time. We can go fast through here. Now, my wife's car is not, does not have a super big engine. But it's done well for us on vacation before. So I figured we could push it a little bit. And it was going really well. It was going really, really well. We were making great time. And then just outside of D.C., something happened. I look down at the dashboard, and this pops up. I'm like, oh no. Almost at that exact same moment, I go to press down the gas pedal, and nothing happens. I try it again. Nothing happens. Then I start like pounding on it, like this is going to make a difference, but I'm pounding on it. Nothing happens. I turn to Jess, and I'm like, we have a problem. Now, thankfully, there is an exit right there. I coast off the exit. Right at the bottom of the ramp is a gas station. I pull into there, park the car, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, man. All right, what does this warning light mean? I'm not a car guy. I have no idea what this means. I go to get the manual. No manual, of course. So I download a manual for the car, and I find out that this is the transmission oil temperature warning. Apparently, when the transmission oil heats up enough, it threatens the engine, and the warning light comes on. And in addition to that, it decelerates your car so that you can't push it beyond the boundaries. And that's what happened to me. Apparently, my little car was not a big fan of me pushing it and trying to make up time for that long a period of time. So it decided it was going to give me a warning. And this warning was very, very clear. If you don't stop what you're doing right now, there will be dire consequences. Now you can take a time out and think about what you've done. That was the remedy. Your car just had to sit there and cool down. Thankfully, that's all it took, and we made it home fine, and everything else was good. But have you ever done that? Have you ever ignored a vehicle warning light? Maybe the check engine light, maybe an oil light. Have you ever done that? How well did that go for you? Probably not too well. Yeah, there's something about us that likes to ignore warnings, isn't there? Something about us likes to ignore warnings. Now, in fairness to us, everything comes with a warning label, doesn't it? Every single thing. And I really became keenly aware of this when we started buying baby products. Every single baby product has giant warning labels splashed all over it, talking about all the terrible things that could happen to your child. Your child could choke. Your child could fall. Your child could drown. Your child could be maimed in many morose ways. Your child could die. In fact, why are you even attempting to use this child product, you irresponsible parent? Or how about those medicine commercials? I don't even know why they put those things on there. The first half of the commercial is, here's what the medicine does. The second half is, here's all the terrible things that will happen to you when you take this medicine. 
I, I don't understand what the point of there is. Or is there any warning more ignored than the word fragile on a package when you're a postal worker? It's like they're completely immune to what that word means. Now, I know some of you are out there saying, you're very conscientious people. You're like, I would never ignore a warning. I would never do that. I would never use anything in a manner other than was specifically directed by the instructions. That would never happen. My wife is one of those people. I, I feel sorry for you people. It's, it's got to be a rough life having to follow all of those warnings and directions. We have many, many discussions about the validity of certain rules and certain warnings in my household, so I, I am aware of this. But for many of us, there's something in us that just doesn't like to be warned. Now, each of you can probably think of times in your own lives where you were warned about something, but you didn't listen, and it didn't go well for you. In fact, I'll guess that some of your biggest mistakes, your biggest regrets, the things that you wish hadn't happened to you, somewhere along the line, someone or something tried to warn you against that. Is that true? Maybe it was that guy or girl your parents told you not to date. The investment your friend warned you was a scam. Or that move where you just felt really uneasy. See, warnings are designed to cause us to sit up, pay attention, take a look around at where you are and where you're headed. But they only work if we listen to them. Now this brings us to our passage for today. See, we're in week two of this summer series on the book of Hebrews. And just a little bit of background in case you weren't here last week or need a refresher. We don't really know who the author of Hebrews was. However, we do know that they were closely connected to Jesus. And this book was written to Jewish believers, possibly in Italy. And the author has just finished in chapter 1 talking about the superiority of Jesus. And now the author is going to pause. He's going to take a break from his talking about Jesus and his superiority and his roles. And he's going to give the Hebrews a warning the beginning here of chapter 2. It was a warning about where they were headed. And this is a warning that's going to call out to each one of us today if we're willing to listen up and we're willing to take it seriously. And also in this discussion, we're going to talk about a fundamental reality of the Christian life that many of us are often unaware of. So let's jump in. Chapter 2 of Hebrews, verse 1, starts out like this. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. We must pay the most careful attention. The author's saying here, heads up, pay attention, something's coming. There's danger on the horizon, the author stops this discussion of Jesus and his divine roles to give the Hebrews a warning. Now, what was he warning the Hebrews about? We must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what you have heard so that you do not drift away. Drift away. We're talking here about 
drifting. Now, when the author talks about drifting, what does he mean? What is he talking about, and why is this a danger? Well, let me give you a little illustration to kind of uh, get you in the idea, the framework of what we're talking about when we're drifting. One of the things I like to do when I go to the ocean is I like to do bodyboarding. It's kind of like a low version of surfing for people who can't surf. Uh, Here's a picture of it in case you're unaware of what that looks like. That is, of course, me, if you can't tell by the haircut. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not that good. Uh, But this is one of the things I absolutely love doing. And I remember the first time I got the chance to do this when I was a kid, I got my first board, and I was super excited about it. I went charging out into the ocean, and you're bobbing in the waves trying to find the perfect wave. You catch one, you ride it back into shore, get out, charge back into the ocean, find the right wave again, ride it into the beach. And I was so caught up in doing this. I was immersed in the ocean, paying attention to the waves. A little while later, I get out and I look and I don't recognize the beach I'm standing on. I have no idea what's going on. What happened? I drifted. Yeah, I drifted. The ocean currents had carried me down the beach while I wasn't paying attention. Oceans are like that. And I started out in one place. And without even realizing it, I ended up in an entirely different place. A place I had no intention of being. And these are the keys of drifting. Drifting happens slowly. It happens easily. It's hard to notice. And it's always a danger in the ocean and in life, in our faith. So the author is warning Hebrews that they're in danger of drifting away from the faith they had in the work of Jesus. Now, what was causing the Hebrews to drift? Well, this is where we have to rely on some of the historical contexts. They were under a tremendous amount of pressure. Culturally, they were under major persecution, both from the Jews who did not believe in Jesus and from the Roman culture. On top of which, they used to follow the old covenant, the old laws, and now they follow Jesus. But that pull of the old life, the old way of doing things, was still very, very present. And they were constantly discouraged and disaffected. The hardships of life, the wear and tear, were causing them to slowly begin neglecting and doubting the work of Jesus. And the author is observing in the Hebrews a slow, hard-to-notice drift that was pushing them towards danger. Each little pressure... Each trial, each hardship, each discouragement, each personal failure was threatening to cause them to drift further and further away from Jesus. The currents they were swimming in were rough indeed. So what about us? Are there any rough currents we're swimming in today? Any pressures we're under? Any trials hardships, 
discouragement, any personal failures we're dealing with, anything at all that might be threatening to push us away from Jesus? I think so. What that means is this warning applies to us. See, we're in danger of drifting. We're in danger of being pulled away from Jesus. So let's examine that danger. If there's a current that's pulling us away from Jesus, what is it made of? What is causing us to potentially drift? Three causes that we're going to look at today. The world, our sinful nature, and the enemy. And each one of these forces combines to form a powerful current that's moving us away. Let's take a look at each one a little bit more closely. First off, the world. The world is everything that's happening around us. It's the culture that we are swimming in all the time. Everything that's happening around us that affects us in any kind of way. See, our culture is constantly trying to pull us away from Jesus in ways that are both subtle and overt. There's a steady stream of things operating in that direction. Kids' sports schedules, busy work, political polarization, online hostility, tiredness, relationships, gossip, the constant need to buy what's new, what's next, what's best, widespread pornography, pressure to be perfect, to look perfect, to parent perfect. And then there's open hostility towards Christianity. These are the waters we're swimming in every single day. And each one of those things makes it harder and harder for us to pursue Jesus. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. There's another translation that says, Do not squeeze you into its mold. The world around us is constantly trying to squeeze us into the mold of something that does not resemble Jesus. Do you feel it? Do you feel the pull of that? The second thing we need to look out for is our sinful nature. James 1, 14 and 15 says this, Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. We have to constantly be aware of our own sinful desires that threaten to lead us away from God. Sometimes scripture refers to this as the flesh. We know the things that tempt us, don't we? Every single one of us knows what tempts us. Just some broad categories of things that regularly tempt us. Pleasure, money, acceptance, recognition, anger, bitterness, and resentment all come up in our lives from time to time. So what temptations are you struggling with? Do you feel those temptations trying to pull you away from Jesus. 
our third category, the third thing that makes up this current, the enemy. We're talking about Satan here. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. We cannot forget that we have an enemy who is bent on our destruction, whose entire mission is to lure us away from Jesus. He is working in the world against God and against us. Otherwhere, another part of Scripture, Jesus refers to him as the father of lies. And regularly, he will try to whisper things in our ears that cause us to doubt Jesus. And these three factors, the world, our own flesh and sinful desires, and the enemy combine to create a powerful current working against us that's pulling us in the opposite direction of Jesus. Here's some examples of how this might work. Your schedule has just been terribly crazy over the last few months. You really, really wanted to make it out to community group the past few times, but the kids' sports schedules just kept getting in the way. On top of that, work has been nuts. You've had all these extra projects that have caused you to just have to work weekends. And you don't want to, but it just kept coming up over and over again. On top of which, you've been pouring all this time and energy into a household renovation. And you're not as good at construction as you thought you were. And so it's just dragging out and dragging out and taking up all of your free time. Then friends got a new boat and you had to go out and try that out. They invited you out to the lake house for the week. And as sooner and later you look up and you haven't been around fellow believers in three months. In fact, now that you think about it, it's been a couple weeks since you even spent any time with God or thought about praying. There's another. You head off to college. First time being away from home, away from your church family. You get caught up in college life, fun, classes, friends. You meant to find a church, but you've just been so busy. And now some of your classes are really starting to attack your faith your beliefs. Many of your new friends make it clear that Christian beliefs are unwanted. Thoughts start creeping in. Is this stuff even true? You become less and less willing to identify with your Christian faith. And before long, you start wondering, is this something I even believe in? In each of these examples, what we see is a person who's caught up, who's swept up in a current that's slowly taking them away from Jesus. And it's subtle. And sometimes it's hard to see. And it's hard to predict. And this is the thing we have to understand about drifting. Drifting is not about one specific instance. It's not about one failure. It's not about one decision. It's not about one mistake. Drifting is about direction. It's about a pattern of consistent movement. Are you moving towards Jesus? Or are you moving 
away from Jesus. And because it's about direction, that means that every single one of us is vulnerable to drifting. If you're a 30-year believer in Jesus, you can still be headed away from him in the direction of your life. If you're a brand new believer, your direction can still be headed towards Jesus or away from him. It's about our direction. And this leads us to that fundamental reality of the Christian life that so many of us are not always aware of. And it's this. If you aren't moving towards Jesus, you're moving away from Jesus. If you aren't moving towards him, you're moving away from him. Now let me illustrate what I'm talking about here. How many of you have been to the airport and seen one of those moving sidewalks? Yeah, they're designed to get people quickly through the terminal and just help you move along. Well, one time when I was a youth pastor, I was in the airport with my youth several hours before a flight, which is not a great idea with a bunch of teenagers, but it was what it was. And so we're walking through one of the terminals, and a couple of my bored teenage guys decided that they were going to walk backwards up the wrong side of the, the moving sidewalk. So the sidewalk is moving in this direction, and my youth guys are trying to hustle up on this side. And I'm looking at them. I just turned around and I looked at the one guy, made eye contact with him. He did one of those deer in the headlights things and just stopped. Just stopped in the middle of it. Well, what happened to him? He started going back the other way, obviously. Okay? This, is, this is an example of what we're talking about when it comes to our direction. If we're not moving towards Jesus, we're moving away from him. Anytime we are moving against the flow, which is what we are doing as Christians... We, have, we are moving towards Jesus. And at the same time, there's this whole current of things that we were just talking about pushing against us constantly, all the time. And so the moment we stop moving towards Jesus, the moment we stand still, that current just starts pushing us back in the other direction. It starts carrying us away. This is a hard reality. This is a hard reality. If you're familiar with Alice in Wonderland, at one point the Red Queen in that story says of her kingdom to Alice, said, now here you see, it takes all the running you can do just to keep in the same place. And sometimes it feels like the Christian life is like that. Like we're just constantly running uphill and never getting anywhere. And that pressure gets to us sometimes. Sometimes it just feels easier to let ourselves drift along. But that's where the danger comes. And we see more of that danger here in verses 2 and 3 in this passage of Hebrews. It says this, For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? Now what this passage is saying, the author is talking to the Hebrews and he's saying, look, you know how seriously the law was. You know how seriously you took the law. And now that we have identified that Jesus is better, how much more seriously should we be taking the words of Jesus? And how much more 
Well, we face the consequences if we ignore it. And the word ignore here, the Greek word behind that, basically means to reject an invitation. Jesus, reject that invitation that Jesus is inviting to, to make light of it. That's heavy. That's tough. And this passage is a warning about neglecting salvation, neglecting your walk with Jesus, and the dangerous places that it can take us. Never more is this relevant than today when we're seeing so many high-profile church leaders fall to sexual scandals. It's hit all over the country, even in the Brethren in Christ. And when I think about these, these leaders, I have no doubt that every single one of them began very close to God. And I know they didn't intend to end up where they ended up. But drifting is slow. Drifting is easy. And slowly over time, they drifted, allowing the currents, pressures of the job, pressures of the world, their own sinful desires, and the enemy to attack them and move them further and further away so they ended up where they ended up. And I wonder if in some of their private moments, when they think about it afterwards, if they're not asking the question, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did this happen? See, there's a huge danger to drifting. When we drift away from Jesus, when we neglect our relationship with Him, when we no longer live in the reality of what Jesus has done for us, there will be consequences for doing so. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you're experiencing that right now. You didn't intend to drift. But somehow you've allowed the world, the flesh, the enemy to pull you away. And you've seen the consequences in your life and in your relationship with God. And maybe it looks like this. I, I, I used to be. I used to be. But now, now I'm like this. And these moments are painful. They're moments of suffering and deep regret. They're moments of distance and pain. And the author of Hebrews doesn't want us to experience that reality. And he doesn't want us to have that happen. So what do we do about it? What do we do about it? What is our remedy? The first thing we have to do is we have to recognize that fundamental reality. If we are not moving towards Jesus, we will be moving away from him. Understand that is a reality. The second thing we need to do is find our anchor point. Back to verse 1. We must pay most attention, therefore, to what we have heard. Pay attention to what you have heard. Cling tight to the words of Jesus. Jesus is our anchor point. He is the point we can hang on to when everything else is threatening to pull us away. Hold tight to His word. The Holy Spirit in your life will act as your conscience and provide you with that warning. And the last thing we need to do 
is we need to heed warnings. We need to heed the warnings that come our way. Back to my bodyboarding story. After my little drifting incident, we came up with a plan. And my dad would watch us, either from the ocean or from the beach. And anytime he saw we were starting to drift too far, he would call out, relocate, come back. And we'd get out of the ocean, we'd walk back to our beach, and we'd start again. Every single one of us needs people in our lives who help us recognize when we're drifting. People who can give us a warning. Conscience, the Holy Spirit will give us a warning. Scripture will give us a warning. And we need people in our lives who can help us understand when we're on the wrong track. Drifting is a danger for every single one of us. Warnings will come our way. And when warnings come our way, we have a choice to make. Do we recognize that warning? Take a look and see where we're at. Stop what we're doing and go back to the right way. Or will we ignore it and continue heading down that road? Hopefully, every single person will choose to heed those warnings. If that's what you want to do, if you want to be one of those people who heeds the warnings in your life, there's a place on your connection card in the back where you can mark that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we understand, God, the Christian life is hard. It's not easy. And at times it feels like the pressures all around us are threatening to pull us away from you. And God, so often it happens to us in subtle ways. Ways that we're so unaware of. Thank you, God, for providing us with warnings, for moments where we can step in and you can tell us, look at where your direction is. God, help us to head in your direction. Help us to heed the warnings in our lives that tell us when we're in danger of drifting, that we're moving towards you and not away. And just encourage us today as a Christian life is not easy, and sometimes it feels overwhelming. But God, you are our anchor. You are the point we can hold on to when everything else is threatening us. Help us to cling to you today. In your name, amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.